Want to get a text message whenever we publish a new episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast? It's a super easy one-click shortcut to the show. To sign up, just text MSDPOD, that's M-S-D-P-O-D, all one word, to 555-888 and we'll get you started. Good times. With more than 2 million apps available today, how do you know what to try? Solid recommendations from actual users can make all the difference in what you decide to add to your phone. And that's the point of this all-new episode for the Mindset Digital podcast called, Hey, Check Out This App! Listen in as Mindset Digital team members share the apps that they use and love with creative director Pete Brown. From a three-car pileup at the intersection of learning, social media, and technology, it's the Mindset Digital Podcast. Hey, check out this app edition. Here's Pete. Thanks, Bria. Glad to be back, everyone. We had a bit of a stumble on our podcast publishing schedule, but we are now back on track uh, with a really good episode today. I have a great conversation with Jen Michaels. You know, we have all been posting things on social media since at least 2008, earlier for some folks. And like it or not, we're producing content. That is tons of searchable text and images and videos, a steady stream of content from our lives. And most of us, we post and then we forget about it. But what if there's something we posted that we need to find? As you'll hear today, Jen Michaels needed to dig up an old conversation she had on cupcakes versus muffins. So you can tell this is pretty important stuff. But Jen is using an archiving software that automatically saves her content and makes it searchable. It's a pretty neat idea. There is a web-based service rolling out for it, and there is a very beautiful app that lets you go back through this steady stream of content you've put out through your life. It's a pretty free-ranging conversation. Talk horses and saddles. We talk baseball. We talk cupcakes versus muffins. And we even talk about that device that they use to measure your foot in the shoe store. All of that is good stuff. The podcast is good times. Let's get to it. All right. Jan Michaels. Pete Brown. First of all, it's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you again, too. So, to remind the audience, you're our live events designer. Yeah, I yeah. think now my title is content strategist for learning experiences. Okay, very cool. And yeah, but, I've but it seems up. to me like you have been going on the road a bit lately. Yeah, I have been on the road. I just got back from Philadelphia. We were presenting at the ABA Stonier Graduate School for Banking, which is like a one-week MBA intensive. Nice. And, you know, I've been to South Bend, all sorts of places. Yeah, very good. And how is the PhD thesis coming along? It is coming, slowly yeah. but surely. Good. And you're still able to work on it? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got to be honest. Mostly I work on the Saddle Geek, my side hustle. So. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, uh, you sent me a note about a week ago. Maybe it was two weeks ago now, and we, we just got to connect now on something that we should do for our Check Out This App episode. Yeah. So tell me about it. So it all started when Bria was approaching me about this Facebook account she had from years ago that she hasn't deactivated, but she also thought maybe she should, but yeah. she didn't want to lose the content. Yeah. So I mentioned to her that I use this thing called Digimi. 
Okay. Which is like a social media archiving platform. So what Digimi does is it's a software, and when I press refresh, it will grab all of my social posts from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest. Like I've set it up yeah. to grab all of that stuff, yeah. and it's downloading it into an archive on my local machine. Oh. And then the interface makes it fully searchable. So for example, here's a way I've really used it in real life. Yeah. I had a conversation once on Twitter with friends about what is the difference between a cupcake and a muffin, and we all arrived at, I don't know. And then about six months later, I was reading on my RSS reader, and I ran into this article from yeah. America's Test Kitchen about exactly that, the science of what makes a muffin a muffin and a cupcake a cupcake. Yeah. But of course, I couldn't remember who I was talking to. So I sure. jumped into Digimi, and I just typed in cupcake. I was like, show me every time I've talked about cupcake in the last six months on social media. And it took me right to the conversation, and then I could hop on Twitter and retag those people and be like, hey, look what I found. Following up. So uh, first of all, where did you come down on that question? I hate to take us off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> It has something to do with like the density and the way that it's mixed. So whether or not like one of them has a cream batter and one of them doesn't, it's so, an interesting so article. So icing is not the make or break thing. See, I would no, think it's maybe. not icing. Hmm. And you know what's funny, Pete? I could actually go into Digimi and find you that article. So I'll shoot you the link after this. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, there too. you go. Okay. So uh, here's what's interesting. So it's first of all, it's D-I-G-I dot M-E. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. So it's a dot me. And we live in this age where it seems like almost every backup and saving services like we'll back it up to the cloud mm -hmm, you know and mm -hmm. you have to decide is amazon get all my photos or google but this is interesting that it's it's actually creating a local instance of everything yeah and what's extra interesting about that pete is that it's for years it has been a local backup and i'm still using the one that has local backup right but they also have a new beta version that's backing up to the cloud sure. and it's the cloud of your choice so yeah. you can pick google drive or dropbox or whatever you want to pick yeah. and the new business model of the new digimi is sort of startup-like. They have investors, and okay. the way that it's going to work is the data still belongs to you, okay. but you can choose to send it to other providers. Or, so for example, one of their new partnerships in late May is they have a partnership with the Icelandic National Health Service. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's its real name, but whatever that is. Okay. And the Digimi app can now give individual users on their phone their vaccination records, their allergies, their medical prescriptions. Oh, very cool. So it's now become sort of this gatekeeper app to help yeah. you share lots of different kinds of data. So, for example, Swiss Re is now an investor in their platform. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, finance and healthcare are really thinking, sure. how can we take advantage of what Digimi calls the consent economy? Yeah. So that makes good sense, though, actually, if you're like, we're going to build this thing to archive social media and suddenly it's like, what else can we archive? Exactly. Right? That and this idea, I like this phrase, the consent economy, because my data, if I never choose to share it, stays entirely mine. Yeah. But if I want to sell my data, if right. I want to send it to a company, right. there should be some sort of secure encrypted service that makes that possible. Yeah. And so Digimi's business model is they're just charging essentially a postage fee. They're yeah. like the post office between your data and wherever the data is going. Yeah. So do you foresee a future where I could say I'm going to give up some information in exchange for monetary stuff or, or like in exchange for another service? or I think it could be both of those. And what I find kind of refreshing about Digimi is that they're so above the board about the fact that that's happening. So yeah. that's actually happening all around us right. in real time. That's Every right. time we're on Facebook, that's happening. It's we're buried just... in the settings, but yeah. Exactly. Like in real time, Facebook is receiving data about this credit card swipe that I made at the local gas station yeah. so that they can feed that to this other provider who's going to serve me particular ads on Facebook. Yeah. But I like that Digimi is so honest about it yeah. and that they're really asking you to control that. Yeah. And I like that they're moving into super secure kinds of data like healthcare and finance. Yeah. How long have you been using it? Oh, at least five years. And honestly, it didn't start there. It started as I was in this graduate course okay. in graduate school about 
archiving and studying authors who are no longer with us. Okay. So like if I wanted to understand what T.S. Eliot was thinking in 1925 when mm-hmm. he wrote this poem, yeah. I can go to some library the somewhere. The Wasteland, by the way. Yeah, right, The Wasteland. <laughs> you can go to some library somewhere and you can see all his drafts, you can yeah. see his letters, you can see his stuff. Yeah. And our professor said in class one day, what is that going to look like in the 21st century if people want to understand you, your family, or maybe you get famous or for whatever reason, what do those archives look like? What are the ephemera of our lives that people will examine? And I just thought to myself, I guess as someone who studies social media, I need to think about that. And Digimi was the platform that I chose to create an archive that I could control. So for example, I have like CSV files, comma separated value files. It's the most old fashioned file you can imagine of all my social presences. So even if Digimi as a software goes obsolete, I'll still have this form, something that I can pass on. Sure. So let me ask you this. If I go and sign up there, how far back in my stuff does it go? Or or does it start the day I say, let's start now? That's a great question. It seems like this newer beta version Mm -hmm. that that is downloadable now, it seems to start in the pretty recent past. So whatever they can pull off of the API. So, you know, things like Twitter, you can only pull your last, what, 1,500 tweets? So it pulls what it can pull. So that's like two days for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The one that I've been maintaining over the years seems to have a very healthy pull. So it shows me all these analytics. So, for example, it told me the other day, did you know you've liked over 18,000 likes on Facebook? You like a lot of stuff. Yeah, wow. Right. I was like, that's, I don't know if that makes me comfortable knowing that I've liked 18,000 things. So my archive is ongoing. It keeps on refreshing, but I don't know exactly how much it can pull in terms of the past. And then to get to the data, so I I understand you can say I want it in this format, but if you're searching for it, like the cupcake discussion, you use their interface. Yeah. So there's an interface building. And how does it pull it up? Like, how do you know you are on Facebook or Twitter or it has little icons. So, yeah. like, let's say I, I would say I want every every time I talked about cupcakes in the year 2016. Yeah. And it would show me a little icon. This was a Twitter tweet. This was a Facebook like. This was an Instagram comment that you made. Yeah. And so it kind of is indicated visually for you. But you can also restrict it by network. So if you wanted only stuff from, say, Twitter, you could yeah. do that. Are you using it for LinkedIn? Uh, I don't know if they have LinkedIn. That's yeah. a really great question. Yeah, interesting. I've, it's never even occurred to me to look. Yeah. I'll check it out. It'd be like, hey, here's all my fun, cool stuff, and here's my professional stuff. Yeah, and then here's right? my LinkedIn. Yeah. Womp, womp. <laughs> but I do think they can do Facebook pages. So there's a couple yeah. of Facebook pages that I share there as well, not okay. just my profile. And it's free until you decide to send your data somewhere. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the new business model. In the old business model, you had to pay, but it was only $18 a year. Oh, yeah. So it was so minimal, I didn't even care. I had it on auto pay. But this newer DigiMe that we're talking about, the one that's the finance and the healthcare and the whole enchilada, that one is a free service. And then I don't know how much they're going to charge for postage. I remember back when I had to pay $20 a year for expanded storage on my Yahoo Mail account. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those were the days. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you, I thought when I, I just glanced at this and I thought it was one of these services that tries to give you a single beautiful view of all your social things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be one called Visify, which is really good. And, and Yahoo bought it and shut it down. I don't know why. <laughs> right. But but this is was much, much different. This, this is far. This is this is much with a longer range in saving it. And, and it seems like it's set it and forget it. Right. For the most part, it does. You have to keep it open. Like you have to open it in order to refresh your stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not running in the background per se. You do actually have to go in and press refresh every now and then. I gotcha. But as it goes, it's pretty low maintenance. I do think you're right. I think there's still room in the market for that solution to come along. The set it and forget it. Yeah. Social media archiving platform. And I think 
Digimi seems kind of early to that party. I haven't found another archiving service that's yeah. getting that close to it. If yeah. they would add that, I would pay money is yeah. the honest answer. That would be cool if it's just a service running in the background. Yeah, kind of like CrashPlan. You know, mm -hmm. I've got CrashPlan for my hard drive. It right. costs way more money, but it's running all the time in the background of my computer, backing me up live to the cloud. Yeah. I want that for my social. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Let's just talk about the privacy stuff for another minute or sure. two here. I was, I think of Wiener who was in, in in this room when we came to record. Wiener was, was in here writing, I guess. Doing something. Wanted to find it out. It looked like work. Yeah, it did look like work. So the studios are our quiet room. When Gmail first came out, there was all this uproar that it could scan your emails and give you <laughs> yeah. give you relevant ads. You I know? remember that. And I was one of those guys, I'm like, I'm not, I'm sticking with Yahoo <laughs> to be safe, right? But I think kind of culturally now, we're all more or less accepting that, that our data is being passed around, you know? But I like that Digimi makes you be conscious about it. Yeah. And I, and I like that it's really explicit about where the data is going and why. So yeah. for example, here's something that happened on Facebook yesterday. My friend, who also studies social media, so is pretty hip to it, went, wow, I'm kind of creeped out because what happened is I went to this gas station and I paid in cash for two items. Yeah. But then Facebook started serving me ads for those same two items later in the day. So how did they know? Yeah. I already knew that Facebook was tracking credit card data, but yeah. how did they know about the cash stuff? And so then a conversation ensued about how Facebook might have known. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of what's beautiful about Digimi is they're so honest about, right. hey, here's the data that we propose to share and yeah. who we're going to share it with and what they're going to do with it. And do you or do you not want to do that because we're going to make money off of that and so are you. Yeah. That is creepy about Facebook. Isn't it? Like now if I'm like I'm searching for a saddle or something, which is an example, I expect ads to start coming that are super relevant to me, right? Because yeah. I, I did it online. But, you know, if I go to the grocery store and I buy something and suddenly I'm getting an ad for it, I'd be a little circumspect. You know what creeps me out that's relevant to podcasting? Sometimes I will feel like I said something out loud and Facebook heard me. And I haven't figured out if that's true. Like, is yeah. it like Amazon Echo, which is hearing everything I'm saying and potentially analyzing it? Yeah. Or is it that things that you say out loud reflect things that you are doing and thinking? Yeah. And Facebook is picking it up in these other ways yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. But when I feel like Facebook is listening, like when I look at my phone and think, is it hearing everything that just happened? That gives me the creeps. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Or if it, you know, like does Facebook, Facebook probably knows that I, I like podcasts and I podcast, right? But if I post about our podcast, is it going to go and, and suck up the information that we post online about, you know? Yeah. Or is it, or is it just Pete likes podcasts? Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, it's been years since I've actually done like a, an ad buy on Facebook. Uh, back then it was amazing that I could say I want, you know, 35-year-old women who have two kids. Well, if you have questions about that, I do them every week for Saddle Geeks. So. Do you really? Yeah. 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 I'd like to buy, I'd like to run a campaign for this podcast and I have some money to do it. So. Well, let's, let's talk. Yeah. Let's figure out what to do. Okay. Anything else about Digimi that I should have asked that I didn't? I'm going to check it out because I, you sold me on it. It's not from the U.S., which I find very intriguing. Oh, okay. Where's it from? It's from Europe, somewhere in Europe. The emails always have that, like, I, I speak English, but maybe it's the Queen's English. It's yeah. not. American English, which sure. is fine. And there's an iOS app, which is really slick and beautiful. So if yeah. you're looking for visualization, their yeah. iOS app is really pretty. Okay. I'll check that out too. And so now if I post about football, does it think I'm talking about soccer? I don't know, but I looked <laughs> at my Facebook ad settings. It thinks I really like baseball. And I think that's just because I know a guy who's like a baseball critic for a major TV network and I right. like a lot of his posts. So yeah. I think Facebook kind of artificially thinks yeah. I like baseball now, which is not true. Yeah. During like the Facebook boom of 2007, 2008, when 
suddenly everybody got on it. Every person I ever know in a band was like, can you like my page? And so <laughs> Facebook's understanding of what, what, what Facebook thinks I like musically and what I actually like musically are really, really far apart. Well, let's hope they don't ever buy Spotify because you'll be in trouble. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would love it if Facebook had a button that was like, like, but only because this is my friend. I don't actually like this. He's like, like I, <laughs> I only like this as a courtesy. Don't put this in yeah. my ad preferences. Yeah, very cool. Okay, we're going to put some links in the show notes. Uh, Jen Michaels, we can follow you on Twitter at Jen underscore Michaels. At Jen L. Michaels. Jen L. Michaels. And your side hustle is the Saddle Geek. Have we ever talked about it on the podcast I before? I think we have, I'm yeah. super interested in it. Today's been a great day. We record two podcasts. I love doing it. And we were talking about Hope's uh, movie review site. Right? Yeah. So I think we should talk a little. So many people at Mindset Digital have a side hustle. A lot going of side on, hustles. Right? And it's. I think they're great for just trying out the digital strategies, you know, and the two. So Funny you mentioned it, Pete. That's actually why I started it is yeah. I had – I'm a horseback rider. Right. And for many years I had been informally advising people – about buying saddles, which yeah. are pretty expensive. They can go up to 8500 or more dollars. Right. So it's a substantial investment for people, sort of like buying a car. Yes. And it's the kind of purchase where there aren't things like consumer reports or a Kelly right. Blue Book. You're kind of at the mercy of the people who sell the saddles to give you information. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are wonderful, honest people who give you great info, and some of them just want to make the sale. Yeah. So I decided to found this website, thesaddlegeek.com where I offer truly brand independent advice. Mm -hmm. I don't sell saddles at all. So a lot of my clients who come to me for consultations are saying, I really am just looking for a tiebreaker. I think my local saddle fitter is giving me really great advice. I would just feel better about writing that big check if you helped me verify and understand that. How much do saddles cost? Oh, a cheap one is like 500 to 800. A really expensive one is 8,000 or 9,000. And uh, when you first told me about this, what I thought was interesting, it's not like, buying a car because the horse is involved in this decision. Yeah, the analogy I give people is like, if you want to know what it's like to be a saddle fitter or a client trying to buy a saddle, imagine you're standing outside of a a shoe store and there's a woman standing there with a companion, but the woman can't talk to you. Maybe she's asleep or something. And um, you're told by the companion, I need you to run in and get her a pair of shoes that's super comfortable that she can actually run a marathon in with no blisters, but you can't talk to her and you can't take her in there. And you could like maybe bring that shoe measuring device outside. And you can yeah. measure her foot and kind yeah. of look at it from a distance, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. And she can't give you any input on whether she likes the shoe. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the shoe's going to cost like $8,000 and it's really hard to return. Yeah. That's what these consumers are going through. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to explore. I wanted to share what I knew. Yeah. I love this stuff. That's why I call it the saddle geek. I kind of geek out. So yeah. it's also been for me about exploring thought leadership and what it means to share and add value for people. Yeah. And I love it. I love being able to kind of be in this niche where I can help other people yeah. and share this stuff that I really love. Yeah. Well, and I could see the value of it, too, because if you're, if you're spending $1,000 or $2,000, just having the reinforcement, here's what I think is a good idea. What's your take on it? Mm-hmm. You know? And what's really surprised me about the Saddle Geek is when I first found it, I was concerned that people who sell saddles for a living would be really against this site, that yeah. they would see me as the enemy. And instead, I've got an amazing welcome from the community. They've said, you know what? You are doing so much to drive business to saddle fitters from people who would normally just kind of buy it without any professional help. And you're helping us do our job better. And a lot of them say, you know, I desperately wish I had the time to help consumers understand these things. But I'm driving from barn to barn and I don't have the time to do what you do. So you are really helping us do our job better. And that's been a huge, wonderful surprise. And if if a saddle's not good, nobody wins. Even the person who sold it, it's not like, you know, because exactly. now we have an unsatisfied customer and an, and an upset horse. Right. So a lot of them really want to do the right thing. They really want to help customers. But if the customer doesn't know the right product is out there and the customer doesn't have a language to talk to this person, it yeah. would be like if you tried to buy a car, but you didn't even know what an engine or a tire was. Yeah. 
so I can give people that basic language and then they can have better conversations. Yep. So check it out at the saddlegeek.com. Here's why I love having you on the show. We came in to talk about an app, but we also talked about the difference between muffins and cupcakes. Yeah, and then we talked about baseball and Facebook ads. Baseball, Facebook ads, saddles. And um, here's my last question, the the shoe measuring device. Do you know yeah, what that's called? I don't. I think it has a, a unique name. We're going to find it and put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah, we're going to Google that. So, all right. Thanks for coming in, Jen, and uh, good times. Thanks, Pete. This episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast is produced by Pete Brown, Jessica James, and me, Briefel Schultz, and featured special guest, Jen Michaels. Some music in this episode is courtesy of the website audionautics.com and is licensed under Creative Commons 3.0. Audio mastering by Jeff Gellert of Allegro Media Design. If you like the show, please let us know by leaving a positive review on iTunes. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode. Until then, good times, everyone. Good times. Good times.